Say praise the Lord. Can the Satan say hallelujah? Every hour for Jesus, let our motto be, there's plenty of work we can do, amen? If we do heart service with the Lord in view, one day he's going to come again. And he didn't come last night like the, the other people had said. But I'm glad that I'm still spending every hour for Jesus. I don't have to worry about when he show up. Because I'll be working for him, ain't it? I want to be found working for Jesus. Because one day when he comes, I want to hear him say, well done. You've been faithful over these few things. Now I make you ruler over many. It all comes when we spend every hour for Jesus. Praise the Lord. May God bless you today. I want to thank him for all his goodness and his kindness to us, his favor in our lives. I thank him for him calling me to the minister of the gospel and for me being a part of this family. Amen. Amen. Thank God for all you who are here today, for Sister Angel leading us in devotion and Sister Hagen leading us in song and to Eric and David. And thank God for the ushers on the floor today. Amen. For all you who are here, we thank God for your presence and thank God for even the McGrews being here today. Amen. And Heights Church. Thank God for you all coming and fellowshipping with us today. So glad to have you. This morning we invite you to attention to the word of God again to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40th chapter. We begin reading again at verse 1. <clears throat> when you find it, say amen. Isaiah chapter 40, we read verses 1. It reads, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended. That her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and our flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For New Testament passage of Scripture, we want to look at the Gospel of St. John, John chapter 5. And we're going to begin reading at verse 10. John chapter 5. We're going to begin reading at verse 10. When you find it, say amen. amen. John's Gospel, <clears throat> chapter 5, verse 10, we read, The Jews therefore said to him, who was cured, It is a Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man that said, this, that said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he had not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. 
For the Father loved the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For the Father raised the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. This morning I read for you John chapter 5, verses 10 to 23. May God add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing, and the understanding of his eternal word. I want to share with us briefly from the subject today. The Christian experience Christ has the power. The Christian experience Christ has the power. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, we adore you today. And we acknowledge you as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We thank you, Lord, that you sent him to die on the cross. You let him suffer. You let them pierce him in the side and the blood came streaming down. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And we thank you for the blood today. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it will never lose its power. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it will never lose its power. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it will never it will never, it will never lose its power. Oh, how we thank you today. Thank you for the blood that was shed for me, Lord. It was shed for us, the Father, that we might be able to call ourselves the sons and the daughters of God. We thank you that you are our king, Lord. Blessed be the king of glory. The Lord who is strong and mighty. The Lord who is mighty in battle. We lift up your mighty name today. Have your way in the midst of your people. Lord, rule and super rule, Lord. Do your bidding today. Have your way, Lord. Whatever you want to do at Shadydale on this Sunday, Lord, have your way, Lord. We want to say thank you right now, Lord. Thank you for just allowing us to live, to see this beautiful day. Some said we wouldn't make it, Lord, but we're here today, Lord. To sing and to praise your holy name. We've come to worship you, Lord. We worship you in song and we worship you in prayer, Lord. Now we want to worship you in the sharing of your word. Thank you, Jesus. You've been so good, Lord. We bless your name. Now bless your word as it goes forth. That your word might be a blessing to your people today. Bless your servant. Bless your people. Just have your way. We want to just thank you, Lord. You've been so good, Lord. You've been so kind. If we had, an old songwriter said, if we had 10,000 tongues, it would not be enough to thank you today, Lord. And we bless you. Have your way. Because in the strong, saving, sanctifying name of Jesus the Christ, the precious Lamb of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject today is the Christian experience. Christ has the power. Christ has the power. When we think about all the, this theme and all the messages we've been talking on the Christian experience, I, I hope that many thoughts come to your minds, especially those of us who have grown up in the church and we remember the people that we grew up with, and the things that we've experienced, the places that we've gone. And all these things, I want us to understand that that word Christian has a very significant meaning. It means that we must be what Christ-like and the way we live our lives every day. We want to be Christ-like. That's what the word Christian means. And we're talking about the Christian experience today. 
Christ has the power. And, they, and I'm not just on Sunday morning. And I know a lot of people believe that, you know, as long as they get to church on Sunday, that that's all the Christian experience that they need. But I want us to live every day for Christ, knowing that he died on the cross for us and that he lives within our hearts. The Christian experience, Christ has the power. And, and I know that uh, many of us have experienced going different places. And I want us to realize that I want us to know what this Christian experience is about. Not like buying a ticket and, and not going to that particular game. You know, yesterday um, I went to Erica's graduation, and she had, you know, in her in her in her invitation, she had a ticket, and you had to have the ticket to get into Minute Maid Park. And if you didn't have the ticket, you weren't gonna pass the scanner and I'm gonna let you in. And, and you know, there are people who didn't go to the graduation, and they won't know what went on inside. And, they won't know the, what the speeches were made and, you know, and the popcorn and the candy and the ice cream that they sold. I was like, I never had ice cream at a graduation before. But it was good to know what went on on the inside. And I wasn't had that same experience of the Christian faith. That you're not walking around not knowing what's going on for those of us who believe. And all week long, people were worried about the end of the world. How the, 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 this particular pastor had said that the world was going to end on the 21st. You know, even on ESPN, they was worried. And they were talking about the things that would, we would never see if, if the world ended. We would never see the Cubs win the championship. We would never see the Clippers win. And all these different things that they had talked about was going to happen if the world had ended. But aren't you glad today that Jesus has the power? He's the one that had the last say. We need to understand that Christ is the one that had the power. And those of us who know the word of God, we knew that the world wasn't going to end on yesterday. Because the Bible says, no man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man is going to come. And we need to know today that God is the one that has the power. We need to rely on him and his word and what he has to say. So we, did, we can become the people of God that he wants, wants us to be. Let's look at Isaiah 40 to understand that God has a plan for our lives, a beautiful plan. If we will follow that plan, we can make it no matter what goes on in the world. He says in Isaiah 40, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. She is received in the Lord's hand double for all her sins. See, God wants you to know that he died for your sins. He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He wants you to be free from the power of sin. That's why he came. And he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. See, God has a plan for your life. To, to whatever path you take, he wants to guide your footsteps. He wants to order your steps so you can be where he wants you to be. So you can end up where he wants you to end up. Let God lead you all the way. He said, every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. See, in this life, we're going to have troubles, have trials. But sometimes we call them mountains and valleys. Whatever those mountains are, God wants to be able to say, move mountain and move those mountains out of the way. And if you're down in the valley, he wants to lift you out of those valleys, out of those dark, low places. So you can rejoice and be glad knowing that God is the God of your salvation. He said the, the crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough places smooth. Anybody ever been through some crooked places? Didn't know where to turn and where to go? Let God lead you. He can straighten out those crooked places and make those rough places smooth. When you're going through those rough places, sometimes you don't know how you're going to make it. 
But it's learn to lean and depend on. That's what my mom used to say all the time. We got to learn to lean and depend on the Lord. He wants to bring you through those places. And then lastly, it says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord says, has spoken. See, God's not going to share his glory with anybody here on this earth. If you want to take God's glory, you're going to lose out. God, he, he, he gives his glory for himself. Our job as Christians is to glorify God. When we get the glory, we just say, no, all the glory belongs to you, Lord. Because you're the one who brought me out. You're the one that brought me through. You're the one that healed me. All the glory belongs to God. And when God does great things for us, we ought to thank him and praise him and just give God the glory. That's his plan for your life and mine. Not that we be glorified, but that he be glorified. We're talking today about the Christian experience. Christ has the power. Let's look at our New Testament passage of scripture. There are three things in this passage. We know uh, as as we're continuing through the gospel of John. We last talked about the man who was healed at the pool of Bethesda. He had been lame for 38 years. Was not able to get healed himself. But we found that Christ had the power to heal him that day. And no matter how long he laid by that pool, he had hope that somehow, someway, I'm going to get to this pool and I'm going to be well. He didn't know how it was going to happen. But he kept on waiting and believing that somehow he was going to make it. And one day Jesus showed up and he didn't need that pool anymore. He didn't need to wait for the angel anymore because Christ had the power to heal him. Praise the Lord. And I want us to know today that Christ has the power in our Christian experience. No matter what we're facing in life, I want us to understand that Christ has the power. No matter what it may be, no matter who is your enemy, I want you to know today and have the confidence that Christ has the power. That's a part of your Christian experience. And I'm coming to believe in my journey that that's why we have some of these mountains and why we go through some of these valleys and why we have these crooked places and rough places. Because Christ wants you to know that he has the power. You don't have the power. If we had the power, we could do it ourselves. I wouldn't need a car. I'd, I'd fly to work. I'd just immediately appear right here. But I think God wants us to know that he's the one that had the power. When I was growing up, we used to have these cartoons. Uh, I think the name of the cartoon was Conan the Barbarian, I believe it was. And, and every once in a while, he waved that sword and say, I have the power. Was it, was it Conan the Barbarian? I mean, or He-Man, I'm sorry. It's He-Man. Help me, help me get my cartoons right. Amen. It was He-Man. That's right. And he would wave that sword and say, I had the power. And nobody could stand against him. And I want to realize today that you and I, we may not have the power to deal with the issues of life. We need to rely on God himself. And in our trying times, we need to know that we can call on the name of the Lord. But the scripture says, they that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We don't need no sword to pull it out and fight our battles. But if we call on the name of the Lord, he can help us fight our battles. Christ has the power. We're talking today about the Christian experience. Christ has the power. And in this passage of scripture today, beginning in John 5, verse 10, there are three things I want us to see that we need to understand that Christ has the power. The first thing I want us to understand is Christ has power over the law. Christ has power over the law. Let's look at John 5 and verse 10. It says, The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, 
It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is the man that said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. See, we need to understand that Christ has power over the law. Whatever the law says, whatever has been written, it don't matter when Jesus speaks. Because he has power over the law. And no matter what men may say, men say, you know, in this particular time, they said it was illegal for anybody to do any work on the Lord's day. And Jesus had healed this man on the Sabbath day. And the law said if you had healed or done any work on the Sabbath day, you were supposed to be stoned or killed. Because God has made the world in six days on the seventh day, he rested. And so he wanted everybody, all mankind, to rest on the Sabbath day. And, you know, anybody who ever had to work on Sunday, you know, it, it just drains you. It just takes something out of you. Every time I, I used to hate working on Sunday. I used to have to work on Sunday every once in a while, and I used to hate it. I wanted to be able to stay at home and, you know, nowadays get my good Sunday afternoon nap. There's no nap like a Sunday afternoon nap. Amen. But these, 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 these Sadducees and Pharisees, they believed in the law. And they did not want anybody else to break the law. And they wanted to make sure that everybody was keeping the law. But we understand that Christ had the power over the law. So when the Jews asked this man, you know, why are you carrying this bed on the Sabbath? Are you working? And he said, the one who made me well said to me, take up your bed. In other words, Christ had power over the law. Whatever Jesus said, that's whole much better than what the law said. And even today, whatever Jesus says is better than what the law says. And we need to understand that Christ has power over the law. And particularly in our Christian experience, there are so many people who don't believe what Jesus say. They believe what traditions say. Traditions say this, and you know, because of what everybody else has always said, that that's what they believe. They have not decided to ask Jesus, well, Lord, what do you say about my life? How do you want me to live? Have you spent time talking to Jesus and find out what Jesus says about your life? Because people will say, you can't do that. You can't be an engineer. You can't be a pastor. You can't be a Sunday school teacher. You can't be a mother. You can't be a father. You can't be a... That's what people say. But we need to find out what Jesus says because he has the power over the law. And this man said, you know, I wasn't paying attention to the Sabbath day. I just know that I was laying by that pool for 38 years. And this man said, take up my bed. And that's what I did. We need to know that Christ has power over the law. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 and see uh, uh, how Christ has power over the law. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 says, There is therefore now. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So we understand that Christ has power over the law. No matter what people say, we know we hear the, all the, the false doctrines and the false teachings that say nobody can be free from sin. We all sinners saved by grace. And I believe they have a misunderstanding of the power of the law of Christ. 
Because Jesus did not die on the cross. Let who the people he made pierce him in the side, slap him to the face, spit on him, for you still not to be able to be free from sin. Why would God allow all that to happen? And you can sin each and every day, and it's okay. I'm here to tell you, that's not what the power of the gospel is all about. God came so you could be set free from the law of sin and death. Because you have a new law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's the new law. The law that you and I live by. It says that I don't have to sin. You can sin every day if you want to. But as long as I know the Jesus that I know, the one that I know is coming back with all power, without sin under salvation. I know he made me free from the law of sin and death. And I'm going to choose every day to do all I can to live for him. That's the power that comes when we accept Christ in our hearts. Not the law. Because the law says, you know, if you think wrong, that's it. You sinner, you, you bound for hell. But Jesus said what the law could not do that was weak to the flesh. We'll talk about it in a little bit. He made you free from the law of sin and death. You don't live by that law no more. You have a new law. Because Christ, what? he lives in your heart. And you know what temptation is? It comes to everybody. Whether you say or unsay. Temptation is not sin. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell everybody. David, I want you to understand this. Temptation is not a sin. I need you all to understand that today. That's the law. The law said every time you're tempted, you don't sin. No! The law of the spirit of life said everybody's going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. Didn't the devil tempt Jesus? What did he say? Take these stones and make it bread. I'm sure he was hungry too. And I'm sure when he said it, he was thinking about the, the bread he could have made. He could have made wheat bread and rye bread and banana nut bread and all kinds of bread. But he said no. He didn't make that bread. He said the only bread is the bread of life. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the only bread I need. And I want you to understand that today. When you're tempted, that don't mean you don't sin. Everybody gets tempted. Even Jesus Christ himself. But I want you to know that you don't, if you don't yield to the temptation, what the old song say? Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you, one other to win. That's what I want you to understand today. Christ has power over the law. Don't let that law get you. The law will get you. But life in Christ will set you free. Hallelujah, somebody. I want you to understand that today. Christ has power over the law. If you don't go out and shoot, no, you can, somebody can make you so mad you wish you had a gun and shoot him. But if you don't grab that gun, you say, Lord, I don't want to shoot him. I'm sorry. Then you have not sinned. And that goes for all the sins that anybody could commit. If you don't do it, then you ain't going to have to go through it. Because Jesus died on the cross and made you free from that law. You got a new law. Lord, I want to do your will. Live inside of me and help me to make the right choices and the right decisions. So that when the hour of temptation, I can overcome it. 
and do just what you want me to do. That means Christ has power over the law. I want you to understand that today, the Christian experience, Christ has the power. It's power over the law. The second thing I want us to see is Christ has power over sin. Christ has power over sin. Let's look at verse 14. John 5 and 14, it says, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin every day. Is that what it say? All right, somebody. Y'all read it. Amen. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Christ has power over sin. I want to understand that today. That every day you live, you don't have to sin not one time. As long as Christ is living in you. Now, if you don't have Christ in you, you still to do anything. And some of y'all already know that. Because how you, how, how, you, how you live before. You know, when you don't have Jesus in your heart, you can do anything. Anything, anytime, anywhere. But when Christ lives on the inside, he makes you new. And he gives you life, not death. And I want you to understand that as you live this Christian journey, as you walk, and I want you to walk now. I don't want you to get in no hurry now. Because if you get in a hurry, no matter what you're doing, you might run into something. Amen, somebody. But if you take your time and walk this Christian journey, you can make it through those moments when sin and death and temptation is all piling up against you. You can take your time and walk and say, walk with me, Lord. While I'm on this pilgrim journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And he'll help you overcome sin each and every time. If you let him now, you, you got to let him. You got to allow Jesus to help you in your time of temptation. Because if self gets in the way, you're going to mess it up. But if you let Jesus have control, he gives you power over sin. And look what Jesus told this man in verse 14 and 15. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. See, now I believe in my heart that if Jesus told you you can do something, you can do it. I believe that now. Now, what did everybody else say? Let that, one scripture said, let God be true, let all men be a liar. But if Jesus say you can go and sin no more, then I believe you can do it. Now, you got to get self out of the way every time. Now, now, if you should sin, the Bible say, ask him to forgive you. And he'll do it. But I want you to know that you have the power within you in Christ Jesus to overcome sin and every temptation. But you got to let him have his way in your life. You can't be ashamed of him in your time of tribulation and temptation. Sometimes we get ashamed and we go ahead and do the wrong thing. And then we're like, Lord, I'm really sorry. I wish I wouldn't have done that. And in my own life, I had to say, Lord, forgive me. And go to that person and say, you know, I'm sorry. But then God restores me and I can keep on living for him. But don't let sin be the last thing you do in this world. Realize that you had the power over sin. Say, Lord, forgive me. Straighten me out. Straighten it out and keep on living for Jesus. Don't let sin trip you up and cause you to go down the wrong road. Back down in the valleys. In the crooked and dark places. Let Jesus let you know that you have the power over sin. That's what I want you to know today. 
Christ has power over sin. If Christ be in you, you got that same power living in your heart to keep you in your hour of temptation. We're talking about Christ has the power over sin. Let me look at one more verse. It says, for this reason, the Jews, in verse 16, persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Do you realize that when you live a Christian life, and you allow Christ to be the power to keep you from doing wrong, that people won't like you? <laughs> Lord have mercy. I can't tell you how many people have hated on me because I didn't do wrong when they did it wrong. Help me, Holy Ghost. Because, because they feel bad because you didn't yield when they yield. But they need to know that you get some power on the inside of you. And if they will use that power, they could do it too. And that's the power of the Christian experience. It's not just because you made it here on Sunday by 11 o'clock. It's because Christ lives within your heart. And you got a power source to call on in your time of tribulation and temptation. We're talking about Christ has the power over sin. You don't have to yield. Now, if you yield, just say, Lord, forgive me and keep moving forward. Don't stay there. Get up again and take another step forward in Christ Jesus. And I guarantee you, he'll help you move on now. He'll help you move. He'll help you move past those things and give you more grace. And one scripture says, where sin abound, grace does much more abound. So when you, if you ever sin, then you got a whole lot more grace than you had before. So don't fight the grace of God. Let it save you and deliver you whenever you need it. Christ has the power over sin. Jesus' blood is stronger than sin. And we need to believe that with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. Christ has power over sin. This is the third thing and the last thing today. Christ has power over man. Christ has power over man. Let's look at John 5 and begin in verse 17. It says, but Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he had not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For Whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loved the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son. That all should honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. See, Christ has power over man. Whatever men say and however men respond and they act, don't worry about that. Keep your mind stayed on Jesus Christ. And let him be the power in your life because he can move men out of the way. He can move your enemies out of the way. The people who say that you will never make it and you will never this and you will never that. Don't depend on them. Depend on the power of Christ that's living on the inside of you. Christ has power over men. See, these men, they were so angry with Jesus. They wanted to to kill him. 
But I realized while reading this passage of scripture, it didn't matter when they went to kill him. They couldn't kill him until Jesus let them kill him. And the same is true in your life and mine. You're not going to die until Jesus say you're going to die. Help me, Holy Ghost. Just like we learned yesterday. They said we were all going to die. But hallelujah, I rose this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want us to know that it don't matter what men say. It matters what God's word has said. He has power over mankind. Jesus said, you know, most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. What he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. See, it's not about what you and I can do. It's what God can do within your life and mine. It's like Jesus surrendered to the Father's will. That's what you and I got to do so we can make it in this world. God has power over mankind. No matter what they say. No matter how they feel about it. It don't really matter. What matters is that you have a right relationship with Christ yourself. And you can do whatever God tell you to do. Go wherever God send you. And last as long as you need to last in that situation. We need to know that God has power over man. Let's look at Romans 8 and 5 as we bring this message to a close. Romans 8 and verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That's the power of God over mankind. That's the power of God in your life and mine. The power that Christ has given us enables us to live in this world. Right here on 4626 Tronwood, we can live for Jesus Christ. No matter what the world may say, no matter how the prognosticators uh, say things, they're going to say whatever they want to say. And I'm pretty sure in a few more months, somebody else is going to say the world going in. But don't worry about that. Make sure that Christ is living in you. And if you die, die in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, somebody. If we die in Christ, that's the way that he got up on the third day. You and I are going to get up on the third day. We're going to rise. And as one of my friends used to say, I'm not going to take an airplane ride, but I'm going to take a a plane air ride. I'm going to rise, rise above it all. Because I got my ticket in my hand. And I'm going over yonder where the wicked will cease from trouble and my weary soul will be at rest. That's the ride you want to take. That's the power you want to have in you. The power that's going to raise you from death unto life. We want to talk about that today. That's the power that we want to have. The power that Christ has given us that lives within our heart. May God bless you today. Let us stand together. The Christian experience.